Welcome back to At The Root with Greg Kuyper. Hello, Greg. Hello. Good to have you back. Thank you. I missed you last week. Uh, I, my marriage, I could use the help. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Already? It, well, I mean, <laughs> things go to hell or in a handbasket. Oh. See what I did there? I got it. I okay. Got it. So if you have a question, feel free to call into the show at 425-373-5527. Greg is happy to tackle other topics. However, we've really, we're gaining some momentum. Uh, Just a reminder, Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach who has learned through professional practice and personal experience that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible. Because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. So that's it. Last week, yeah, interesting week. It was a very interesting week. I it made me a little insecure <laughs> that you don't need me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked about this um, this critical loop piece, right? This around and around and around and a cycle that we all get in. Yeah, yeah. One partner tries and tries to, to make a connection, to express their needs, right, and their desires. And the other partner just gets defensive or critical because they've heard it too many times. And what do you want? And what do you need? And, and then the, the other partner feels rejected, right? Feels, and then they get withdrawn. And then they get a little depressed. And that depression causes more conflict. It's and like a they, dance. It's, it's an dance. unhealthy dance where, you know, it's it seems like it's a couple steps forward, a couple steps back, and it's almost like you defend by attacking. Right, right. And, you know, this whole critical loop is, is, is the result of what they call the anxious avoidant trap. You know, we're talking about attachment styles here, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment. An anxious, anxious attached partner or person um, craves a lot of intimacy and connection mm-hmm. you know, just they didn't experience that much in their childhood or way back when and and anything can make them feel um, insecure or uh, rejected or abandoned and mm-hmm. so they they really cling if you will to that uh, intimacy and reassurance and they need to get closer to their partner physically emotionally really get close and the other important and the other partner is avoidantly attached right and that just means that you know for years they haven't been in touch with their emotions and they've got this and they don't need help and I'm doing fine mm-hmm. and what's the problem and let's keep going and you're making too much of a big you're making too big of a deal out of this and uh, it seems like this is not what's so interesting is where the conflict that is arising seems like it's not really a conflict. It's, it's like it's symptomatic of something else. It seems like, um, like you're so afraid that especially the person that you talk about that has the, um, the intimacy, the anxious one, it's like, they're so afraid that, you know, that they're going to become disconnected right. and, you know, whatever, that that just keeps feeding this fear. And then that's such a turnoff for the other person 
that doesn't want to be that in touch with things and is being forced and doesn't to know how to be connected, right? And so right here they are witnessing this, or it's it's in front of them, it's in their face, and uh, they're not able to handle it, and the other partner is not able to support it with them, right? So the avoidantly attached pulls away if the partner gets too close. So here you've got a partner wanting to get close, needs that emotional catch, and the other partner is, whoa, wait a second, what is this? Right? Right. That's it. Well, and and you can't help but because you need one thing and the other person needs something else, right. you know, it's difficult. It, it reminds me of the whole love language thing. And, right. you right. know, we're always told that you should treat someone the way you want to be treated or love someone mm-hmm. the way you want to be loved. And, you know, I've only in the past 10 years learned that that's not true. You need to love someone the way that they need to be loved. Right. And that's right. hard. That's really hard, because, yeah. especially for the avoidantly attached. Think about it. I mean, it's just, they, they don't get that. So, you know, this anxious avoidant attachment combination, if you will, is is pretty common out there. I mean, it's because if you think about it, an avoidant and avoidant together in a marriage wouldn't work, right? Or I guess it, it's a practical thing or whatever. I mean, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, I don't need you, and no, I don't need you. And no, right. They're roommates, right? They're Essentially, roommates. right. So, so yeah, that's, how long is that going to last? And then the anxious, anxious, you can imagine that's just uh, oh my gosh. a mess of emotions all the time, flooding, labile, just, uh, just uh, a mess, basically. And so... Typically, what we see is this anxious, avoidant thing um, happening, and um, yeah. And it and it it does make me think of this this dance that happens. And I would imagine that uh, there is a there's like a panic that you get if you're the anxious, avoidant person. Mm-hmm. Then you get really panicked about it. And you you talked about this survival instinct, and it made me think of fight or flight. And that idea of fight or flight. Now, question with that. So would you say that if you are, so with fight or flight, if you fight this, it's almost like, at least by creating conflict, you're trying to save it or you're trying to deal with it versus flight. You're like, I'm out of here. Well, so many times, as we mentioned in the critical loop, it it goes around and around and around for so many years that eventually one of the partners, typically the anxious anxious attached partner, just goes, that's it, withdraw. I'm being attacked all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm being criticized all the time. I I feel like this person does not want me anymore. I'm being rejected. And so there's the withdrawal. There's the, the... freeze or the flight, if you will, mm-hmm. right? And when we're in that stage, when that person is in that, well, when both partners are in that stage, the avoidantly test is angry and and upset and why can't this work? And, you know, and, and the anxiously attached is is emotionally unstable with a reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. Just pleased and trying to figure out what to do. When we're in those kind of a places, we can't regulate our emotions adequately balance our emotions, right? The anxiously attached is off the rails emotionally mm-hmm. and so is the avoidantly attached. So how do you how do you balance emotions between you and regulate them? You can't. And so that's why we No, you're just like it's like this reaction triggering, like yeah. bing 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 back and forth. And you know, so that's not good. You're not 
what is the word you use? You talk about uh, attuned to each other. Right. That's it. Look at me. I'm learning. <laughs> but think about it. When we get scary or distressed, right, and that's what's happening here, right? Both partners are scared, distressed, you know, don't know what to do. And we are innately set up at that time. DNA stuff here, right? This is genetic. Innately set up human beings to find, seek out our partners and use them to help regain emotional balance. Mm-hmm. But we're not here in this. I mean, so so we've got this inner drive to do that, only I'm being triggered and this other person is not supporting me. And it's just, it's chaos, right? Well, it's and it's a, it's a balance of, it's almost a balance of chaos that you keep going on and on versus a balance of, you yeah, know, that healthy... Right that healthy piece back and forth. Constant triggering, you know, and so many times when it gets to a certain point after years and years and years, it's just hair triggers. I mean, it's, you can almost say half of a word and it sets <laughs> off somebody, right? I mean, it's just instant trigger. Oh, 100%. I, I mean. <laughs> One syllable will start. Uh, yeah, like just the, and the circumstance, because, you know, it's like, Pete and I talked about this this weekend where, you know, on the weekends, I'm like, it's my time to sleep in and, you know, the whole thing. And they are cats. We've got three. They start to cry. And I'm like, you're up. How about you go and you let them out? But he has like this whole routine. And it's like he doesn't even have to say a word. The fact that he gets up and he goes into the bathroom versus getting up and going downstairs to let the cats out. I'm like, (laughs) I mean, so this is obviously, I'm not going to air all my dirty laundry on the air. So I'm giving an example where I'm set up for that frustration that you don't see that it's really important for me to sleep on the weekends and that you could change your routine in order to help me with my needs. Well, and that's what we're getting to here with all this is the needs and desires, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to recognize the needs and not judge them. Right? I mean, that's the whole thing here. You you need to sleep like that on the weekend. It's my desire. It's your desire. And, and, and your partner being able to respond to that and support it rather than poopod, right? And I'm not saying Pete does. But oh, no, you know he what totally. I mean. <laughs> Pete, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> it's fine. He's probably not. I don't think he knows I do this show because oh, I think <laughs> he'd be like, he's talking about us. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> And so there's no attunement. You use that word, right? The mm-hmm. reciprocal exchange of emotions and feelings. Reciprocal, back and forth, back and forth. And learning how to do this um, so that we know what we need, what we need from our partner. And then being able to express those needs openly and, and so that we can get in turn. So what we get is sympathy or right or support, right? We get a response back that indicates they get it, right? So his response of, so it's my fault. <laughs> That's, I think I do that. Yeah, no. uh, but, <laughs> you know, not. it's like, you know, I'm like, well, I had to get up and let the cats out. And, you know, if you did this instead of that, he's like, so it's my, my fault. fault. And yeah, right. meanwhile, I'm like, yes, yes, it is. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I don't think that's the healthy back and forth and balancing that you're talking about. Well, no. Once we go to fault, that's judgment, right? And mm-hmm. we're, we're like trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong. And when we're expressing needs, nobody's right and wrong. It's your needs, whatever they are, how bizarre they might be or how true they might be or whatever. They are your sincere needs and it's our responsibility as a partner to to listen to those needs recognize those needs not argue with them not judge them or whatever but that's what we do it's our opportunity an opportunity pete has been when i talk about how there's a challenge going on in life he's he has this thing where he'll say it's not a challenge it's an opportunity there you go so instead of it being a responsibility it's an opportunity okay i like that so I can't stand it when he says it in certain things, but <laughs> right, right. But in this case, instead of it feeling like a responsibility, because that feels like a chore. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and as we work, you know, trying to reconnect in, in relationships, I guess that's a opportunity to reconnect and be stronger as a we, right? Even though it's still a challenge. <laughs> Yes, a hundred percent. So, so, so here we are. We, we, we recognize a bid for connection. We listen with our hearts to the needs and desires that are coming across. And we respond to those needs and desires in a way that shows caring, sympathy. And by doing that, we show them support and validation, and then they are able to respond with support to us, and it's just a back and forth and a back and forth. It's true. It, it's, you know, I'm making light of it, but the, the, if he got up and went straight to letting the cat out, I would probably end up being like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Like, I don't even want to sleep late. That just made me so happy. I want to spend time with you. Right. So, you know, that's, that's what you're talking about. Um and you always talk about how knowing our desires is key. So there you go. Right. Right. Well, and so we want to be able to know our needs, communicate them, be responsive, show, resu- show support, and which gets us feel, felt, you know, we tuned into the partner, and then we can respond sensitively back. And, you know, we have to learn that. Because we have spent a lot of time unlearning this. And knowing our needs and desires is the key. Not just knowing your partner's needs and desires by listening and learning, but knowing your own needs and desires so that you can communicate that to them so they can respond in like to you, right? Makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, it anxious, seems so simple. <laughs> well, and they, learning, how to, learning how to share your needs. And, and you know, the anxious attachment... Uh, Type partner is all over the place, flooded, reactionary, and the avoidant has no idea what their needs are, no idea, right? Right. And and so, so well, we we need some transparency and vulnerability. We need to figure out how to get there, right? Well, and as you say, there's not one that is better or worse because the one that is feeling the emotions is overfeeling them, and the one that isn't leaning into them isn't doing it. So, you know, it's just the way that it. That it goes right, right, and uh, sometimes when we're when we're looking at this too, it's really easy for us to to uh, 
think that the avoidant person, the avoidant attachment person is the one at fault because he can't feel anything, or she, he or she. For the sake of the circuit, I'm going to use he, so I don't have to say he or she all the time. Mm-hmm. He, <laughs> he, he um, uh, doesn't know how to feel anything, so it's his fault. And as soon as he fixes that, this will be better. But that's not the case, you know. Um, the, that that's learning is critical, but it's also the anxious partner's work, too. I mean, it's everybody's got to work this. But because being so reactionary and sensitive and all over the place emotionally, you can't, that can't possibly help the avoidant figure out what his needs are. I mean, it's, oh, my God, you know. It's just, right. Yeah. Well, because it's like if I'm expected to go there, then, like, uh, that's crazy. Like, right. I don't want to do that. Right. And so, you know, there's no modeling of what it looks like to be in your emotions and expressing your needs and those right. kinds of things. So that's really tricky. Yeah, there's work to be done on both sides, and it all centers around this response and support. Response and support to needs and desires. And, um, yeah, so we... Well, you, you weren't here for Charlotte and Steve. I'm actually. excited. Well, I do want to remind people that if they want to call in, though, that they can call sure. 425-373-5527. I have to say, I listened to the show like other folks have to um, if they're not able to listen to it live. I listened as um, as a podcast, and I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Well, I, I kind of left it hanging. I, I was like, this is good stuff because, you know, it's a bit of a cliffhanger with Charlotte and Steve. So when last we left them. <laughs> well, yeah, that was quite the first session, right? I mean, they, they wasted no time getting right to the point. Um, uh, generally, in the, in the first sessions, I like to have each partner just, you know, tell me briefly, tell me, share with me what. Uh, you feel is is the crux of what's happening with you guys, you know, uh, w- w- from your standpoint, and and you know, generally they they each of them says something. They get a little chippy, maybe, but I can stop that and just say, hey, you know, wait, it's not your turn, and and so within a few minutes, I get a, a little story from both sides of them. And in this case, I mean, I don't think Charlotte got out. 12 words before he was, you know. Steve seemed loaded for bear. He, yeah. I mean, he he didn't let her finish, and and it got pretty heated there. Now, you know, and I didn't want to interject earlier because it's important for me to see how this plays out to a certain extent. I mean, I don't need throwing things in the room or whatever, right? Right, right. <laughs> However, I, I, I need to insight. see the interaction. I do. Sure. And that's that's generally kind of happens in the second or third session when I get them to bring up an example of a conflict and and then I can see how they're interacting. But in this case, I mean, it was right in my face. <laughs> they're not and doing that polite first session. No, no, they, there was <laughs> no, yeah. Um, it generally doesn't erupt like this, right? Partners, first session tend to be a little more reserved or try to be, right? And they're in front of this new person and Testing the waters, sure. or whatever, and of course we weren't in person. They were at home together on the couch, and so after I asked them to get together, um, but uh, maybe it would have been different if it would have been in person. But anyway, regardless, um, my my general thoughts in a first session is to hear what they have to say a little bit, and then I and 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 then I want to assure them that um, 
uh, thank them for being here and, and compliment them on wanting to work on this relationship. And, uh, you know, I suspect uh, that one is like, and I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and paint with a wide brush and assume that it's him. And he's like, I didn't really want to come here, but right. <laughs> she made me. <laughs> right. Well, it happens a lot. It does happen a lot, especially I'd, it's generally I, I notice that when it's generally the the wife that sets up the appointment. Mm, right. There you go. And spends weeks trying to do that. And I can tell that during that week's time that she's struggling. I don't have to know. I can just tell that mm-hmm. she's struggling with him finding a time and do we have to do this? And, and uh, but, uh, but anyway, I'm stereotyping there a bit, but it's the way it is. I mean, you know. Right. So I want, I want to get them to that point and then I want to tell them uh, how the sessions are going to go and then, uh, and then at the end of the session, I like to go into their how they met each other, you know, and, and so end in kind of a, a lighter, more positive way of them remembering that beautiful time back then and what they thought of each other. And, and, and so that's where I tried to head here with this one, but uh, Steve uh, didn't allow that to happen. I, <laughs> I didn't answer his challenge, right? It was, it was just pent-up frustration bursting out. And but I bet you can imagine who did answer it. Oh, right? Charlotte was like oh. all over him, Ugh. like white on rice. Yeah, Steve, how can you be so rude, Steve? See what I have to live with? Looked right at me, right? And before it could take off again, I held up my hand, you know, and I, okay, stop. It's my turn now, I said. <laughs> <laughs> and they both eased back into the couch, and you know, I think they were thankful just to to to, to have a reprieve of some kind. So I said, I want you to, I, I want to thank you for sharing with me. You guys are going through a lot, and it sounds like it has really gotten to a, a heated point. I, I want you to know, please don't feel ashamed or embarrassed. It's important for me to see and hear these interactions. I mean, we're, we want to be a team here as this develops, and you're both here to figure this out and get your connection back, and I, I, I want you to know it's doable, right? It's doable. It's going to require hard work. Hard work individually and hard work collectively mm-hmm. as a team here. Um, this isn't going to get solved overnight. Um, it's going to be an ongoing process. And, and my purpose is just to help guide you through that. We're going to meet together weekly, and I want to do a session or sessions with each of you individually. I generally do that with people, you know. Yep. Individuals so I can get different sides of the story and. And then we'll see, folks, how this is going to develop. And then I told him one of the first things we want to work on is being able to help each other get out of these stuck conversations, Mm -hmm. the loop that just keeps going, right? I mean, it's just a stuck rut, and it's just going to keep going uh, unless we figure out a way out of it. And I I remember Charlotte was sitting there nodding her head, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, up and down, and Steve was just studying me, listening, Mm -hmm. studying me, kind of a brown on its face <laughs> and then you know i said we need to start with a secure base right that's what we need is a secure base something that that both of you can stand on and feel a little more balanced than this rickety um kind of an air mattress thing you're trying to stand on now right and right up and down i think and, of like a dock and a lake right yeah there you go that's a good one i like that uh-huh. right right up and down and then once we get a little more secure base that, that, that you're standing on, we can, we can look at taking some risks around 
creating new conversations that aren't the same, criticize, get defensive, criticize, get defensive, this, this rut that we've gotten into. And it's not going to be easy because, um, especially if, if we haven't had that modeled to us, right, from our mm-hmm. family way back when. I mean, it, if, if, they, if we weren't model constructive ways to handle emotions, then we've got what we were modeled, which was destructive ways to handle emotions. Right, right. and we're not even aware that it's an issue. And we're not. It's unconscious, right? It's like it's been this way forever, and here we are, and now my life's a mess. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work for my parents. <laughs> and it's still not working for me. Right, exactly. <laughs> Well, it's never demonstrated in our early family life, right? And and so the couple has to do this together and renew their connection. I told him that uh, you will help each other keep emotionally balanced as we learn and make the needed changes. It, it's impossible to just say a bunch of words and fix this. This is way beyond words. This is feelings. We need to get down and dirty with talking about deep feelings and sharing them with each other. And then you start working together on building an emotional union that's stronger. Steve must like that. Well, I asked, I said, are you both willing to put the effort in to see where this goes? And Charlotte Charlotte goes, I do want to do this work. I've waited so long. We've invested so much in this. And I made a note kind of of, Waiting so long for what, right? Is mm-hmm. she waiting for him to get fixed or is she waiting for this thing to get better? Mm-hmm. And the word investment kind of was a little flag in there too for me. We'll see what that means for her. But uh, Steve followed up with, you know, it's like, oh, this is just so overwhelming. I don't do emotions. Mm-hmm. I never have. And I could tell that that wasn't easy for him to say. But yes, I want to give it a shot. I'm committed, he said. And then uh, I ended it with, great, as we move through this process, I want to foster a sense of curiosity and discovery. Let's treat this as an adventure, an exploration, making changes that we can be excited about, right? Now, how do they feel about homework and that kind of thing? Well, I always try to give a little homework every session. And and this time I, I ask them to just go back on their own and think about those times together when they first started. You nice. know, things like, God, I remember how beautiful she was. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, he was so handsome and so caring and... Attentive. Attentive to me. And so I'm asking them to remember and recall these things and at the same time try to recall the feelings that came around that. So. I love it. Okay, you gonna, go. are you going to talk to us more about them next week? Oh, yeah. We're okay. going to stick with Steve and Charlotte for a while. All right. Well, if you are as curious as I am to see how this all pans out, and I have high hopes because it's with Greg <laughs> Kuiper, uh, make sure that you go to KuiperCounseling.com. You can connect with Greg. You can also follow him on social media. In the meantime, Greg? Everyone just stay aware. There we go. Thanks, everyone.